All right, Low Post Pod is back. Week four recap, week five preview. We have a lot of recapping. We have a lot of previewing. We have a lot of controversy to cover. We have a lot of announcements to cover. So I'm going to kick this off the only way I know how. Joey was already like deflecting the heat for this. Uh, I was already like kind of saving my own ass on Twitter. So I'm just going to come out and say it. I relied a little bit too heavy on the analytics to make the spreads this week. The only one that covered was the Douye's boys. If you bet on all the favorites, you were one for five, but Spence Freeman was one for eight from three this week. So, I mean, you take the small victories where you get them, (laughs) but I do want to say rather than cover them all at once, I'm going to take them game by game when we get into them. So I'm going to have PJ say hi. And then I want you to speak first on the game of the week, which was lob taking down the werewolves 69 to 62. What's going on, guys? It's good to be back. We are back for week four, going into week five. The season's flying by. I feel like yesterday we were recording last week's pod. So, um, you know, it's definitely good to be back. Uh, I love hearing the um, criticism of Danny and his spreads when I get to the game. So it's a good time. Um, But, yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, Let's definitely start with the game of the week with the Warriors and Lob. Um. I didn't see this game. I saw the highlights, talked a little bit to Heston after. Um, no Vic, and I believe no Jose, right? Yeah, no, no Jose, Jose, no Vic, no Greg Holt. It was a very undermanned lob team tonight. Undermanned lob team. This week. And I would like to address something, Joey. I know we spoke about it, but in your post-game show, you said that we've never played lob in the finals. That was the matchup last year, but, you know. We were, we, 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 we are the historians for a reason. It's okay. You got to be better than that. Um, but you know, I, I, I think that what we talked about last week needing to be the keys for the werewolves was Brian Heston and Gino kind of being that second guy, which they did. Um, you know, it wasn't enough. And even without Jose, who is arguably the MVP every year and without Vic, who there are some rumors going around is not returning to Lob City this season, but we will see how that plays out next week because I'm sure if he's going to return for a week, it'll, of course, be against us. But, um, you know, even with an undermanned Lob, it wasn't enough to overcome that. Um, and I don't think that's any fault of Brian's. Um, again, filling the stat sheet, which we've come to be really accustomed to at this point. I just think it's a matter of, you know, even Lob's six, seven, eight nine guy is better than the werewolves three four five guy um and that's not taking anything away from the werewolves you know we love them they're great guys but you know their depth is their where they're struggling this year and lob's strength as we said last week is in their numbers and i think that shows i think last you know tuesday was uh or monday night rather was a perfect example of that is just anybody can go out on the court any night and give you a win Uh, for them and that's scary that's a scary thing there's not many teams that can keep up with that depth um you know and and i would say that they even are deeper than we are and a lot of teams view us as a pretty deep team so um you know it's going to be tough to beat them on any given night they would have had to had a perfect night from brian heston which he pretty much had but you know they just fell a little bit short i don't think they would have been super satisfied with a win over an undermanned lob team i think you know they would have liked to be in competition with them with the full squad um because then it looks at it gets looked at with like a little asterisk next to it really um but you know they did what they needed to do and you know we didn't expect them to win this game 
um, with the werewolves that is. So, you know, it's not a surprise that they lost, but, you know, I'm, I'm impressed that they were able to keep it close, even with that deep log team. And, you know, we'll see what they can do next week. Yeah. If I'm going to interject here, I think I look back to, I think it was summer 19 lob played the werewolves and similar situation underman lob full staff werewolves. I mean, this wasn't a full staff werewolf, but it was pretty close, but underman lob full staff werewolves. They beat the werewolves by 24. I don't think I was out of line setting it at 15 and a half because you have lob who has won three games leading into this by 50, 30 and 30 coming into it. So you had that, you had werewolves that had some spotty attendance all year. You might've gotten four guys on a court. You might've scored less or lost games that you probably shouldn't have going into the year. And they are very good defensively. They are close matchups when they play each other. I just wanted to get people buzzing. You know, I, you, you got to make a decision on these lines and I know 15 and a half might not have been a good number. Maybe it should have been like six. It was a three point game at the end of the day. But you know what, Danny, I, I, you know, we get a lot of slack for that. Right. And it's not like the NBA where we get an injury report a, a day before the game. Yeah, exactly. If so you're going to tell me leading into no this idea. game, who's going to have the attendance problems based on the first couple weeks of the season, I'd have put my money on the werewolves, but you know, it's, it's any given night. It's, this is a very, very variable league. Everything's in flux every week. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, no, I and I think that that would have been a normal line to set had Jose and Vic been there. Um, and if we had known that, you know, they weren't going to be in attendance, I think the line would have been under 10 for sure. Um, we might have even favored in the werewolves direction at that point. So it's all about what we, we know. We know as much as you guys do. So, um, you know, when you get frustrated with us for the lines, you know, we're, we're guessing just as much as you are sometimes. There's some stats involved into it, but you know, especially with attendance, that's something that we're never going to be able to predict perfectly, except for the Duyas boys, because that's the only inside intel we have. So we know who we're going to have on a given night, but that's really about it. So, you know, we try our best. Moving on to one of the two games that I think the spread was fairly close on. We go Lincoln 18ers taking down the bogey kicks 51 to 44. I had the line set at nine and a half. They end up winning by seven. So, <clears throat> Not out of the realm of possibility for them to have covered that game. I think it was not as good of a shooting night for either team. So I'm, I'm not surprised that it was a close, low-scoring game. But um, I want to hear what you have to think about this. Because this is, I mean, we've been on bogey and 18ers. It feels like every week we have something to say about them. Yeah, you know, I think bogey is struggling to figure it out um, at this point. You know, we've, we've been kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt, saying that it's going to come, you know, they, they're – they're going to work out the kinks, but you know, I have a hard time with their offensive scheme where it's, it, it, it's very reminiscent of what we did our first year. Right. And our game plan, whoop, hang on one second. Our game plan, it was, um, you know, give the ball to Johnny and say, please do something, you know, please score for us. Please keep us in this game. And that's what they do uh, with their guy with is David Dupina. Correct. Uh, yes, Devin David DePina, <laughs> David DePina. And, uh, you know, that can only last you so long that, um, that way of playing, I mean, you might catch a game, but I don't know you have, that person has to be a pretty special talent to win you a few games. And, you know, not that David isn't a good player, not that he's not 
capable of winning them a game, but you, when you're relying on one guy to move your production, you know, it's score. He needs to score in order for them to win. He has to score 30 plus every night. Um, and it's just not feasible. It's not, it wasn't feasible for Johnny. Um, you know, we were only able to grab two with him at the helm and we had some good scores around him and we just weren't able to do it. So it's a heavy load for, um, one guy to carry. They definitely need to add some more pieces for next season if they plan on coming back. But, you know, I think, uh, I think they're going to be okay. I think that, you know, they, they're going to try to figure it out from here, but you know, they have to, they have to change the way that they do things because it's not working for them. Uh, Lincoln, we knew this win was probably going to come this week for them, their first win. Um, you know, they, Ethan Cloutier actually hit some shots for them, which is huge after having a bad week last week. Um, we, we, we figured their first win was coming. They showed flashes of being able to get a win. So that doesn't surprise me too much. I'm sure it doesn't surprise you at all, Danny. Um, but, you know, so this wasn't anything out of the realm of what we expected. And I think the spread that we set was pretty, was close enough where it's like, this is kind of what we thought the outcome would be. So not super surprised here. Again, I don't think either team is going to make a deep playoff run, but who knows they could kind of show us, um, you know, show us something there. All right. We had to step away there for a quick sec. Uh, Pete had to take a work phone call, but we're back. We were just wrapping up 18ers and bogey kicks. I think the one takeaway I have from that is, I don't think there was one other aspect of that game outside of shooting that won that game for the 18ers. I mean, the rebounding battle was fairly even. The turnover battle was fairly even. What it comes down to is the three-point shooting. I mean, they both shot pretty bad. It's just that 18ers were a little bit better at the end of the day. And, I mean, that's what got them the win. Hopefully, they can carry that momentum. Going into, I think, the hotbed of the spread setting. We're going to go to Halfway Crooks, Rhode Island Warriors. I'm going to say my piece a little bit. This is the one we got flack for. This is the one we got a lot of flack for. So this is addressed directly to Gian. I know you're watching. I hope you're listening. I hope you hear this. Those first two games you guys played, you lost to Lob by like almost 50. You lost to us, the Duyes boys, by 20. And then you kind of started turning it around. You won a game. You kept it, kept it low scoring on the defensive end. Joey was mentioning, I have these metrics. I have this spreadsheet where I'm tracking the numbers. I'm trying to make predictions. I now know that those two first two games, they were outliers. But you know what? I told PJ, I was setting the line in favor of halfway, but I was covering the Warriors the whole time. I thought you guys were going to pull it out with Kevin. I didn't know what it was going to be like without Kevin, but you got it done. I might just have to keep fading you guys if it means you're going to put up a performance like you did. So I want PJ who was there to talk about it. Cause I know damn well he saw it. So, you know, I, I was on the sidelines for this game and some of Spence's friends, I believe were, um, you know, sitting on the sidelines with us and they were giving Gian some heat. They were like, you know, crap talking a little bit. And uh, at one point Gian looked over and he said, you know, that's okay. I know you guys don't know who I am, but you'll know my name by the end of this game. And I looked over at, uh, at Shane and I was like, dude, he's about to go crazy. And I think he came down the court and hit like three or four threes in a row. So, you know, my, my rookie of the year pick looks fantastic. Could be a potential MVP candidate at this point. I was going to say, I think he has 
played his way out of the rookie of the year conversation and played his way into that offensive player of the year MVP conversation. Yeah. He's, he's going crazy. Um, you know, and we'll give him his flowers when he plays like this. I mean, there's nothing you can say other than this kid's just a monster. Um, he's single-handedly not, not single-handedly. They have some good players, but he's willing the warriors to these wins without Kevin. Mm. Um, he's just literally putting the team on his back and saying, I'm just going to score 40 points a night. And you, there's nothing you guys can do about it. And, you know, Spence was on him all night and he was giving him trouble. And, you know, that didn't really seem to phase Gian at all. And even when he was, you know, not hitting shots, he was doing it on the defensive end. So this kid's a special talent. I mean, we're going to have to start betting in his favor uh, from here on out to, you know, make ourselves look good. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm not betting against the Warriors the rest of the way, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I was looking at um, their remaining schedule, and I can pull that up. But looking at their remaining schedule, I don't know if there's a game that they lose the rest of the year this regular season but i think it's definitely i mean gian single-handedly willed them to that win i think uh, what's his name hachi amini also put up 21 points that's his first game in the league to put up 21 points not even have to get used to the little rims at all that's fantastic so that's who they gave kevin's stats to last last week okay okay he was wearing kevin's jersey this week he had a different jersey on so whatever stats they had for kevin last week were actually hachi's um and uh, the, against the Ozone boys. So it's actually his second game, but dude, yeah, he, he can play too. He's a good addition for them. He's a nice little guard, um, tough. And we were kind of impressed with watching him play too. So they got a good squad, dude. I mean, they got Sin City, which they should win. Bogey kicks. That's going to be a good game next week. It is. I think that's um, going to be a very good game. Bogey kicks, which I'd bet my life on. Lincoln 18ers, which they should win that one too. And then only the fam, which I think they can win. I think they're better than only the fam. So they could win out here and uh, be a top two team. They're not top two, a team with only two losses by the end of the season. So um, that's pretty good for them. And it's all looking at halfway. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said, I might have to keep fading them if he's going to put up 40 points a night again. So who knows? Stay tuned. We'll actually, we'll do the spreads this time on the podcast. So you can keep both of us accountable. We'll set a line. We both agree with for the crooks. Spence had 27 points. Jared had 24. Jeff had 15. But again, it seems like a big struggle for the Crooks was Spence's shooting. And this is a close game. And at what point do you, I mean, I don't want to sound mean. I don't want to sound like I'm giving him hate. I think he's a very good player. But at what point do you move the ball around a little bit more and get it in these guys' hands like Mark, like Mike Wilbur? And try to move it around, get some scoring elsewhere from guys you know can hit an outside shot, make it a little bit closer of a game. It's tough because he's your best player. Um, and there's no doubt about that. I talked to Spence a little bit last week, and he's a just he's a really cool dude. I actually really like Spence. He's a, he's a cool guy. He's from Ohio, family ties for me. So, you know, gotta send out that love from the from the 330. But um, you know, it's just like Again, it's it's something it, he, Spence reminds me if we were to do an NBA comparison of Jimmy Butler, of a guy who can go out there and he's an athletic monster. He's gonna score. You know he's gonna score. He's gonna play good defense. 
And the one question you have about Jimmy Butler's game is, can he hit threes? Can he be a productive three-point shooter in a close, in a, in a tight game? And you saw in the playoffs, you know, what, what, what was where Jimmy struggled was his three-point shooting, right? And I think Spence is in that same category. Now, does that make Spence a bad player? Absolutely not. I think he's going to, I think he'll be an all-star. You know, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in, if he's on an all-star weekend, which we'll get to a little bit later, but um, you know, like I think until he can really work on his three point shot, like you're, you're right. You got to get the ball in the hands of a guy like Mike Wilbur, right. Who's guy that comes off the bench and he's, he can hit threes like at a more consistent clip than Spence. And that's not, he, I mean, he hits it at a more consistent clip than Joey. He hits it roughly the same clip as Hanson. I think Wilbur and Hanson are probably pretty close uh, just from the eye test. And, you know, Mark Belleville can shoot three. So I would, my, you know, let Spence run the point is where I would say for them is what they should do. You know, they let him run off ball. They let Jared run the point, but let Jared play off the ball, let him get an open three, let him, you know, catch and shoot and let Spence make the decision. If he's going to go to the hoop then go to the hoop, if he's not, let him kick the ball out. I think putting the ball in the, in your best, players hands is the way that they're going to win games and then you let him make those decisions right so i think if once he's more confident with the team around him if he starts kicking the ball and they're hitting threes he's gonna he's gonna let them do that and he's gonna you know do what he does best and get to the hoop um you know so i think that should be their game plan going forward if they want some success but losing two in a row is tough um you know they played two good teams back to back but you know that's that's where i would say um, you know, they need to improve on is just, you know, let him make the decisions. Don't, you know, cause teams are going to leave him open on three. You're going to kick it out to him and, he, and he's struggling to shoot right now. So, you know, take that away. Take that. Yeah, exactly. Away. So moving from, we had just mentioned that the player in this game that has talked themselves out of the rookie of the year conversations and moved into the MVP talk was Gian. Now I want to move over to a game where I think somebody has, talk themselves out of the MVP talk and then move back into that rookie of the year talk. And that's Jaron Thomas and only the fam. This is a game where we both said it was a must win for both teams because you had a, what was it? Two and one, only the fam and an O and three ozone boys. And this was the test where it's like, what really are both of these teams is were those first two wins for only the fam a red herring. Was it a smoking gun? And it wasn't really the, they were just playing worse teams. Was Ozone Boys really not back? And were they not as good of a team as they were? And I think Ozone Boys has proved that they are the team that we thought they were going to be coming into the year. They are not as good as an 0-3 team. They're better than that. And only the fam has now played two back-to-back games where they have given up the league high on the defensive end and they have two teams back to back that have scored over 110 against them so i want to know what your thoughts are on both these teams after this so the glaring weakness for only the fam is defense right it's pretty obvious here now um and i think they got their first two wins against teams that didn't weren't able to expose that as much as they uh you know they they could have um, and then that, then you play two teams back to back with Lob and the Ozone Boys. Who, if you don't play defense, they are going to beat you by fifty points, and that's what they did. Um, you know, and and, and I don't want to say he talked himself out of the MVP conversation, but you know, it's 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 hard to not be in the, one of those top four teams 
and, you know, and, and be that guy. I mean, he still scored 34 points, 11 rebounds, um, some blocks, some steals. But, you know, look, look at the assist numbers on the night. And I'm curious to see. So they had, only the fam had six assists on the night. And can you go to Ozone just to see what their assist numbers are? I, I would bet you that they're triple. Okay. 26. Yeah, just, I mean, they're almost, almost five times the amount of assists. 28. And I think the thing here is that you've got eight guys that touched the ball, stepped on the court for Ozone last night. Six of them were in double figures. And there was a seventh one that had nine points. Yeah. I mean, and, and we call them mini lob. And their strength is also in their numbers and they're young and they're athletic and they can move and they can run with you the whole game and they're not going to get tired. So, you know, we kind of called this that they, we thought they were going to be only the fam. We, we thought they were better. Um, I didn't, think I will it was say be the route that it was, but I will say I set the line at five and a half because I was like, I'm going to give a little bit to the, to the better team record wise. Let's see if we can wake up the ozone boys. I did not expect them to come out and win by what was that? 50. Yeah. Just about 50. Yeah. So, you know, we, we know who the ozone boys are. And so this doesn't surprise us. They used to win by 50 a lot or close to it. Um, this doesn't, it, it just kind of, I think not negates what only the fam has done, but it's kind of showing you their true colors at this point um, that they can't compete with those teams that, are athletic all the way around and can run with you and can expose your defensive liabilities. Right. Um, you know, we'll see the rest of the way for them. Um, this was a huge, huge win for ozone. Um, like we said, it was a must win for both teams. They both had something to prove. And I think ozone proved it for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. loud and clear for everybody. So, um, you know, credit to them where credits do. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to be Whatever their record ends up being, I, you know, they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. No matter who they have to face, it's not going to be an easy win for anybody that they have to go against. So, you know, good on them for getting this one. And, you know, I hope they get a few more. All right. Now, moving into our last game of week four, which coincidentally is the only one that, that did cover the spread. Uh, I told Joey the other day because he texted us and he was like, hey, nice job on those spreads, guys. Like, being sarcastic, just kind of busting my chops. And I told him, I think he was just a little bit bitter that Duye's boys were able to cover the spread and the halfway crooks were not able to cover the spread. So it's Duye's boys. The line was set at six and a half. We win by nine. It's final score 59 to 50 against Sin City. It didn't always look as certain as it should have, I think. I mean, it was, we were up nine going into halftime. And then it kind of swings the other way and we're down five. And then you finally pull away and seal it. And it's back to a nine point win. So, I mean, you were on the court. I was just watching the live stream that you graciously put up and I watched all minutes of this game. The other thing I do want to say, Joey seemed to throw a dig at me that I'm not even at the games. I'm watching the entire 40 minutes of the Duyez boys games when we put it on the Instagram live. And then I watch this. I mean, there's only so much you can get from the Snapchat highlights, but I watch all of those at least three times to make sure like I saw what I saw and I know what I saw. So, I mean, I've seen enough, but not nearly enough. For sure. So, um, you know, being the on-court liaison for you um, for this game, you know, Joey and the interns have graciously given the Duyez boys a compliment this week. Um, what we don't get very often. Um, and they have deemed our lineup that we put in in crucial situations the death lineup. Um, 
you know, and that lineup consists of Kutu, Volpe, Tartaglia, and Brian Yars off the bench. Um, and I think Shane has a little bit to do with that because, you know, when we put them in in the fourth quarter, Shane was screaming, you know, go kill him, go kill him. And so now Joey and the interns are calling that the death lineup. And they said, I don't know what team is going to be able to compete with that death lineup. Um, because when you put those four guys out there, yeah, we're, we're small, we're undersized. Um, but you know, they, you know, those four guys can play with anybody. Um, and you know, having four elite scorers out there at the same time is going to be difficult. And that's what caused the swing, um, you know, off night shooting for Johnny, um, you know, nothing went down for him from three, uh, Brian played really well, but again, back to back, you know, uh, Vinny Volpe comes out and, you know, you might, you might as well start playing enter Sandman when he gets on the court in the fourth quarter, because he's the closer. Um, and you know, that's what we've deemed Vinny, the closer, um, you know, the Al Durham of legacy leagues. Right. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's just got that DNA in him where it's like, you know, there was a point where we were down two, I believe with like a minute and a half left down two. And, you know, someone sagged off of Vinny. I believe it was uh, Javon sagged off Vinny and he screamed, that's all I need before he shot it. And it went in, came down, hit another one and it was over. So, you know, that's that kind of DNA that championship caliber teams possess, like Lob, like the werewolves, like us, um, is something that, you know, when in a tight game, those teams are going to win games because they have that championship DNA. They, they know what it takes, uh, you know, you kind of stay cool, calm, collected and just say, you know, all right, we're going to, you know, it, it's been fun. Now we're going to throw out our four best guys at you. And if you beat us, then, you know, you deserve to win. So um, we're, we're going to be calling that the death lineup the rest of the year. Uh, might have to make some cool graphics, but, you know, Brian Yars and Vinny might come dressed as, uh, you know, as like hangmen or something next week. I don't know. They, they got to look, uh, they got to look the part. So, um, you know, I, I, I love it. I think it's great. It's given us that bad boy Pistons vibe, um, which we've always strived for. And, uh, you know, it was a great game. Uh, Sin City played well, but at the end, you know, we were able to kind of pull it out as we usually do in those tight games. And, you know, we'll see where we go from here. Yeah, I think the the big takeaway for this game is both teams' best players didn't necessarily have the best nights. And when that happens, it's what is your supporting cast going to do to make up for that? And with John, it was kind of reminiscent of that Jason Tatum performance in game one of the finals where right. he, he couldn't shoot the ball for anything, but he was able to do so much and every, everywhere else and help out the teammates do everything else that they're picking up the slack. When you look at Sin City, you've got Devin Pina, who coming into this game was averaging close to 30 and 16 rebounds a game. And he comes in and he shoots 14 points and only gets six rebounds. A guy that is probably bigger than most of the people that were on the floor for the Duyez boys that night. And he's only getting six rebounds in a game where it looked like a mosh pit under the basket. A lot of times trying to get a rebound. Yeah. You know, and uh, that was our main concern, right? We're pretty confident with that death lineup rolling out there, you know, when we're trying to win a game, but your concern there is when you're facing two talented bigs, in you know in those two guys um you're just kind of like you know they they could and they did at certain points just take advantage of their size and they're big dudes and they get down there and they back you down and they dunk it and it's like you know damn that really causes a swing but 
Um, you know, I think they're going to be, they're a very good team. They are a very good team. Um, I think they're going to be, um, they're going to be fine the rest of the way. They're going to get some more wins. And, you know, I, I'm glad we played them when we did, because I think they're start really starting to figure it out at this point. So. All right. So now that's all of our week four games. We're going to go into week five. We're going to set these lines right here, right now. There's going to be, there could be another round of controversy, but I'm expecting a better week from us this week. We're going to start with a situation the werewolves have found themselves in a few times in legacy leagues history. And Joey touched on this in the post game show. You have a player that used to play for the werewolves defecting and forming their own team. And there's that um, kind of reunion homecoming of sorts. We saw it a couple of years ago when Brad Allen defected from the werewolves formed the stampede came back their first game together. Now you've got Matt bogey, leaving the werewolves after last year, forming the bogey kicks and they meet each other at 7 PM on, uh, I don't know if it's court one or court three, because it's a little, they're top heavy matchups both way, but you've got the two and two werewolves and the O and four bogey kicks. I want to hear what you think. And then we can try to agree on a spread. Werewolves. That's my answer. We well, can yeah. move on a little bit quick. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll move quick through this one. Okay. My so, answer is the werewolves and my spread is 15. And you're putting it at 50. Okay. I'm going to put it. I'm going to go a little bit lighter because I want to leave Don't. some, some breathing room. I'm going to put it at 12 and a half. I'm, I'm taking the werewolves all day. I'm Joey likes to do this thing on the post game show where he says, you know, bet the house. Does everyone still have a house this week? I'm putting my house on the werewolves. And if Brian has lets me down, he can pay my rent tomorrow. So um, yeah, the werewolves all day. I would be, I would be shocked if they didn't win this game. Okay. Now we're going to go to another one at 7 p.m. There's only four games this week, keep in mind. Ozone Boys and 18ers are not playing this week. They are instead going to play a doubleheader. I think it's week six or week seven. I don't remember what it was. But the other 7 o'clock game is Halfway Crooks versus Only the Fam. Uh, Joey was mentioning this in the postgame show. You've got two teams that started off 2-0, and and then they both lost two in a row. So only one of these teams is going to come out without a three-game losing streak. So I want to know who you think it's going to be. You know, it's the boss versus the subordinates, the uh, the launch manager and the launch employees. Um, he's not with launch anymore, fun fact, though. Joey? Yeah, no, he's somewhere else. I don't remember where he is. I didn't know this. So, all right, my history is off then, too. But former launch employees playing against each other. We'll say that. Um I'm taking halfway here. Um, I think they're a better team all the way around than only the fam. Um, I think, you know, Jeff Wintrell and Spence are going to be able to hold Jaron, you know, under hopefully under 30 for them to get this win. Um, but, you know, I think the supporting cast for halfway is much better uh, than the supporting cast for only the fam. So my pick that for this game is going to be halfway. Um, whatever you want to set the spread at is, is totally cool with me. Um, I'm, this is one I'm a little bit hesitant to set a spread, but um, you know, my, my pick for sure is going to be halfway. I think, you know, in order to win this game, they just have to do their thing. Get the, like I said, get the ball to your shooters, let Spence make those decisions and you'll be fine. Um, so what do you want to set it at here? Yeah, I think, I mean, you had touched on this. I think it comes down to at the end, it's very much a, what is your supporting cast going to do? And right. if you're only the fam, are you going to come out and you're going to have your supporting cast knocking down a bunch of shots playing good defense like you did a couple weeks ago or are you going to have them come out and lay an egg like they did this past week so 
I think even on their best night, the supporting cast for halfway is better than the supporting cast for only the fam. I'm going to put it just to be a little cautious. I'm putting it at eight and a half. I'm in putting it light of... in favor of halfway. Okay. I'm putting it eight and a half. Maybe it's a little bit light, but I don't want to disrespect anyone because I don't want only the fam to come out. If I favor halfway by 15, I don't want only the fam to come out and, and Jaron Thomas drop 50. And then he's on my ass too. I don't want that. So I'm going to put it at halfway eight and a half <laughs> and we'll see where we go from there. I like it. The first of two eight o'clock games. Yeah, no, me too. The first of the two eight o'clock games. I'm going to cover this one before we cover the game of the week. This is another one that could be a game of the week. If we didn't have a finals rematch in the other one. It's the two and two Warriors and two and two Sin City. I I I hate I hate saying this. I think it comes down to if Kevin Figueroa shows up. Um, I said that to Gian, that that's what we base our spreads on, and he said, "Well, we won two games without him." I said, "I know, but when you're going against a team that has two very talented bigs." and your big is not there, I, I don't know what that outcome is. Um, and they also didn't, Sin City also didn't have uh, Terrence last week. So, you know, it, it's like it, you're betting. If I'm a betting man and everybody shows up, for, because I don't want to bet against them again, I'm going to go to the Warriors. But it's, it's a, I think it's going to be a close game. See, what I think is I was saying last week that I think it was going to be a close game and the Warriors were going to win if they were full strength. They proved last week that they don't need to have Kevin there to win games against good teams, especially guys that have a lot of bigs. I mean, and we even saw Sin City is a team that is beatable if you don't have a big lineup. We had Shane play very well defensively against Devin Pina in that first quarter but then he gets into foul trouble and he doesn't play the entire second half, but you're still able to come back, hold your own and get almost a double digit win against this team that has a lot of size. So for that reason, and because I want Gian and my good graces come all-star selection season, I'm picking the warriors. I'm going to pick, I'm going to set it a little light again. I'm going warriors minus three and a half. My, I, I like that. I like, I like, I like three and a half. It's a very safe number. I think these are two very evenly matched teams with different strengths that will play out very differently. But I feel like three and a half is a safe number to go with. But I am favoring the Warriors this week. You are not the underdog anymore. Moving on to game of the week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so these I already got interviewed each other about a lot. This. I got interviewed about this game. From I know. I saw it in the article. You already got interviewed. Yeah. These teams have played each other very frequently. I don't know. I think the record still tips in ha- in Lob's favor by one or two games, maybe because that first season they we laid an egg on them. But it is the summer twenty one finals rematch. It's Lob City against Duye's boys. Last week we had matchups of the defeated teams. This week we have a matchup of the undefeated teams. So after this week, only one team will be five and out. Yeah. What do you want me to say? Um, you want me to make my pick here? I, I just talk a little bit about like what the keys to the game are because honestly, I'll say it right now. I think full strength, this game's a pick 'em. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't want to set it in favor of anybody. I think this is, this is as clear of a pick them as there has ever been. So it's funny. So last season we beat them by 20 in our regular season game and they were undermanned and they beat us by, I believe like 13, 14 in the finals. And we didn't have Johnny and Vinny. So last year it was kind of like, we got a taste of our own medicine after going undefeated the regular season through the playoffs and you know, it's, it stings, right? Um, we wish every time we play them, it's full strength. Cause it's a, it, it's going to be a fantastic game. If everybody's there, um, you know, I, I can't imagine that any other game when this matchup comes, comes up is going to be game of the week ever. Um, but you know, the keys to the game for us are to just, you know, we got to shoot the ball better. You know, we're, we're getting wide open shots that we usually knock down and, you know, we're struggling a little bit to hit them sometimes, but, you know, hopefully we got those sillies out and, uh, you know, can, uh, can really, um, you know, knock some shots down next week and it's going to be, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to get the uh, MVP killer to uh, have another good game. Um, Vinny was the key for us to beat boom shock Laka when Jose was at the helm when we won our championship, I mean, defensively all year, you know, you were saying, everyone was saying, Johnny's the guy, Johnny's the guy, throw Johnny at him, throw Johnny at him. And we said, we're going to take a little bit of a detour here and throw Vinny at him. And he held him to, I think 17 points, which is like unheard of for Jose, you know, Jose drops like 40 a game. Um, and that was the reason we won. So, you know, I think you need Vinny to, to show again that he's clutch you need Johnny to come out and have a game that Johnny normally does. Um, and, you know, when the going gets tough, we're going to throw in that death lineup and just say, beat us. And if they can do it, they can do it. And I know they can, it's not going to be easy. We're not going to blow them out. They're not going to blow us out. I, I would be surprised, um, you know, if everyone's there, but you know, it's, I think it's going to be a fantastic game and, and for them, they just got to keep doing what they're doing. If everybody shows up, that's pretty much the key for them, you know, and if they, everyone shows up, they're in it. So um, you know, I think it's going to, this is going to be the best game. This is the game of the season right here. Um, this is pretty much for as close to all the marbles as you can get besides the championship. Um, this is for the number one seed. So big game, um, with some big time talent and some big time egos. And I think it's going to be a loud, a loud game, a physical game. And, uh, you know, we're going to see who comes out on top at the end. Yeah, I think this very much, even though it's week five and we're still in the regular season, this is definitely still, this is a, the game that I think is for the number one seed in the league come playoff time. Because you've got two teams that I don't, I mean, it, you'd be very hard pressed to expect them to lose a game the rest of the season. But whoever wins this game, if they do happen to lose another game down the line and they both, both teams finish with one loss, this is that tiebreaker right here. Joey doesn't have to get into that RPI calculation. So it's very much, you've got multiple guys in both lineups that on any other team, they'd be the best player. So it's just a matter of who's going to show up. And I think, I don't know who's going to show up. That's why I'm putting it at a pick em. I know we're there. We're there full strength. Like I said, Duye's boys is the only inside information we can ever give you guys about who's going to be there. We're there. We're all there. We're ready to go. We don't know what Lob's going to give us, but whatever, whoever they throw at us, we're ready. So um, it's going to be a great game no matter who shows up. And I think for sure this is the game of the year right here. All right. Those are our week five matchups. 
couple of little fun announcements to uh, to finish it off. This Big week. announcements. The, f- the first announcement is not the one you think I'm going to go with. Okay. Um, so Joey was saying on the post game show, like if you have problems with the spreads, go to PJ and he'll direct you to me. Who's not even at the games. Uh, this is something I've kept in the pocket. The Duyes boys know about this. My family knows about this. If you have a problem with anything I say on this podcast, you will be able to tell me directly. I will be coming out of retirement for one night only yes. in the week eight matchup against the werewolves. So if you have a problem, we'll be able to discuss it then. I'm, I'll, I'm glad to, to interact with you. And I'm also glad to, to make a return to the court. Danny, we are beyond thrilled to have you back for week eight. Um, you know, I think the bench mafia hasn't been the same. You're definitely going to get your flowers and get in the game and hopefully hit some shots and yodel in Gino's face once again. Um, but you know, I already we, told Shane this. I already told Shane. I I said if the playoff seating's locked up, you're starting me, and I'm dropping thirty points this game. I oh, don't care if, how many shots it takes. I'm getting to thirty. If if the playoff seating is locked up, you are playing every minute of the game. I don't care if you're blue in the face. You're playing. So, um, but you know we're we're thrilled to have you come back. You know, you, being down in Philly, we haven't seen you in a while, so uh, we're all excited. I think you know you might have to put the league on notice for one game what they're missing. So. Um, you know, get the, get the stash flowing, get the hair flowing, looking like a young Adam Morrison out there and, uh, you know, give them what, give the people what they come for week eight. Yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I've never claimed to be a good player. If you, if I've given you flack, it's not because I think I can get on a court and I can beat you in a one-on-one because I guarantee (laughs) you, I cannot, but I'm excited to go out there and I'm excited to, you know, put on the, the red and white once again. Our other announcement, if you were checking Twitter this afternoon, uh, Joey came out and said that we are going to be the coaches for this year's all-star game. It's going to be team Ruggiero on team Thomas. We are very Um, excited. We are very excited for it. I want to hear, uh, in your opinion, if you had to pick a starting four and then one off the bench, who is your ideal all-star lineup? Anybody Anybody. you want. And then I'll pick based off of that. Actually, maybe not. Because, I mean... No, no, if no, I pick could... based off of that, then I just get whatever's left. Yeah, so I'll give you my starting four. John Kutu. Um, Brian Heston. Jose. And Gian. I wanted to take Gian. If you had to pick one off the bench, who'd you pick? Vinny. Okay. I'm dying. Just to let you know. When all-star selection comes around, I will be a loyal Duyes boys. And if they are available, Johnny, Vinny, and Zach, and potentially Brian Yars will all be on Team Thomas come playoff, come all-star weekend. Um, Danny might be – I'm going to pick to win, but I have confidence in my boys. If they're, the, if they're on the board, they're coming home. So um, I don't know what Danny's game plan is for all-star weekend for the draft. But my draft, game plan draft is just going to be, be find your kryptonite. It's going to be fine. Find the PJ Thomas stopper. You know, there, there might not be anybody out there that, that can coach a team the way Danny and I can, um, you know, especially in, in the legacy leagues format for seasoned vets. I, I would, I would argue that Danny is, is like the Greg Popovich of legacy leagues in terms of uh, his inside information, his, his, his forte and knowing the game. So See, here's the thing. You're going to say I have the forte and the inside knowledge of knowing the game, but then you're going to have everybody that was pissed at me last week come and be like, that's not true. 
I know. So, it's I mean, okay. we're kind of, we're, okay. we're, we're walking a very thin line here. It's okay, Danny. I, I have confidence in you, but you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be great. Draft night's going to be a blast. We'll do. I remember vividly when Johnny was a captain and the, and uh, Corey Strickland was a captain and uh, Joey did the whole draft night party with them. Shout out to Corey Strickland. Hope you're doing Corey well, Strickland buddy. was at the cheesecake factory during that draft. <laughs> he's like, I remember his- that. He's sitting in his booth and he's like talking to the waiter. And then he's like, oh, hang on one second. He goes outside and he's like, I'm at the Cheesecake Factory right now. I think he was at like the Cheesecake Factory in Braintree or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we love Corey Strickland. Great dude. Miss him a lot. But, you know, we're I'm hoping we're going to do the same kind of draft party that Joey did for that one. Because um, I know it'll be a blast with us in there. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. Um, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun for you come all-star weekend. We have some ideas racked up, ready to go for the pods once all-star weekend rolls around and, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll make sure everyone's having fun out there while we're coaching and, uh, it's going to be great. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, make sure you, you get this wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you tell your friends, make sure you show up to the week five games and make sure you tell Joey Zacco to maybe cover the spread this week. Cause I think he's, he's over two on covering spreads. Joey might be over on covering. Oh no, he's one, he's one, he's one and one covering spreads. Do didn't cover against halfway, but make sure he covers this week. He will. Oh, we'll give him a little credit. He'll cover this week. Right. Joe, you got it. Yeah. But also, you know, when you, when you do the post game show, make sure you remember the finals matchups in recent history. That's all I, Mm -hmm. I can say. Yeah. So uh, remember your finals matchups, cover the spread. Let's hope we all go 4-0 this week. If you go chalk, we'll see how it goes. That's going to be it for me. That's going to be it for PJ. Peace out.